Good evening and welcome to the Journey Church. It's my privilege to be with you tonight. We continue our study on the fruit of the Spirit. We've been here for quite some time as we've done the sermon series, The Flesh and the Spirit. And tonight we take up the subject of faithfulness. Of faithfulness, I think this will be somewhat insightful to us as uh, there seems to be as many definitions to faithfulness as there are letters in the Word. And uh, so we're going to study this rather exhaustively, and I hope you're looking forward to a great Bible study together. I'm so glad you're with me tonight as we study. I want, I want you to look at Galatians chapter 5 and beginning in verse 22 in your copy of God's Word. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. The seventh quality, the seventh quality which Paul lists as a fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. It is faithfulness. It is the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-A, I-S, pistis. It's pronounced pistis. You don't actually make the st sound, it's pistis. And so in the New Testament, it is used of a conviction or a belief in respect to God and Christ. It is, it is often used of a conviction or belief in respect to God, but it is also used to describe the virtues of fidelity or faithfulness. Um, for example, it is uh, used to define a the character of one who can be relied upon. Uh, it is used to define the character of one who can be relied upon. Uh, it means to be faithful or trusted or reliable. But here's how I would like you to remember it. It is the virtue of reliability. The virtue of reliability. That's what it means when we talk about faithfulness, the virtue of reliability. This virtue, unfortunately, is not too common in the days in which we are living. While many may claim it, the wise man declared that it is indeed hard to find. If you look in your Bibles all the way back at Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs 20 gives us a little insight. In verse 6 it says, Most men will proclaim to each other his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Who can find a faithful man? I was just showing my son a little book of quotes and it says, When you fall in love with yourself, there is no competition. Well, many are in love with themselves, but how many are faithful? Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 6, But who can find a faithful man? Uh, in Psalm chapter 12, I'm turning there now, the psalmist decried the lack of faithfulness. The lack of faithfulness is in, in his day and described a condition that sounds much like our situation today. In Psalm 12, 1 and 2, it says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly every one with his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart. They speak. What a 
man, what a judgment. Uh, Psalm 12, 1 through 2, but isn't it true? Yet faithfulness is essential for those who will receive the crown of life. At the very end of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 2, pardon me, I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> in Revelation chapter 2, hopefully they can edit that out. In Revelation chapter 2, in verse 10, it says, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death. Exercise the virtue of reliability and I will give you the crown of life. Well, to encourage the development of this virtue in our lives, uh, in this study we're going to look to Jesus and God as examples of faithfulness and suggest a few areas which we need greater faithfulness. And so anyone who is led by the Spirit of God will certainly be motivated, will certainly be motivated to produce the virtue of faithfulness in their own lives as they contemplate number one, number one, the faithfulness of Jesus and God. As they contemplate the faithfulness of Jesus and God. So let's talk about the faithfulness of Jesus. Jesus was faithful in fulfilling His role as the Son of God, just as Hebrews says Moses was faithful to complete his duty. That's Hebrews 3, 1 through 2. And Jesus was faithful in carrying out the work given to Him. He, te he tells us this and shows us this in John chapter 4 and in John chapter 5 and John chapter 6 and John chapter 8. So Jesus was faithful in carrying out the work given to Him just as the greatest human pastor that lived who was Moses was as it is declared of Him in Hebrews 3. He is also faithful in the role of being the high priest. We see in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, Jesus Christ is our faithful high priest. He is faithful because He understands our weakness, as it tells us in Hebrews 4, 14 through 15. He understands all of our weakness. He, he empathizes with us. He doesn't just sympathize. He empathizes. He, he is the great empathizer and faithful because He richly supplies us with grace and mercy, as it says in Hebrews 4.16. So you might want to go concentrate on Hebrews 4.14-16 to see about Jesus' faithfulness to us and, and uh, how He supplies through His reliability His grace and mercy. So isn't it wonderful to have a Savior on whom we can rely? Uh, often I hear, and I even see on church signs, you know, where is God? The question I think that we should ask is, where are you? Where are we? I'm working on a message currently, you know, people don't uh, feel comfortable with us not, for example, being able to meet because maybe there's some sickness that's gone through the church that's highly infective. And the better part of wisdom says, don't gather, do it this way through live streaming. And well, I'm missing worship. Well, the reality of it is, is God missing your worship? Is, is a better question to ask. Does He miss your worship? Soon I'll be preaching a message on that in the next couple of weeks. It'll show up on 
uh, yourjourneyonline.com slash messages. And so, uh, you know, does God miss your worship? Well, one thing is for sure, we do not have to doubt His reliability, His faithful to us. He, he the Bible says, He will not leave us as orphans. And so, with the faithfulness of Jesus, what about the faithfulness of God? God has always been known to be a God of faithfulness. I want to look over in the Old Testament at Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says, Therefore know the Lord your God, He is good, the faithful one who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. Did you hear that? He is faithful. And towards those who are His children, He is faithful, He is reliable, and He is trustworthy, not to allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able to bear. He tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, He will protect us from the evil one. He is faithful to protect us from the evil one, as it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. And He is going to complete the work of salvation as He says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23-24, He who calls you is faithful and He will do it, the Bible says. And so God is faithful. Isn't it wonderful to know that, to know that God can be trusted in these and many other ways? But to fully benefit from the faithfulness of Jesus and God, we need to be faithful as well. We need to be faithful as well. Turn to the end of your Bible to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. And beginning in verse 11, verse 10, it says this, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer indeed. The devil... Now, did we not read this a while ago? Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Now go to verse 25 and 26. It says right here, But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, I to him I will give power over the nations. Now go down to chapter 3, verses 11 through 12. Again, this is Jesus talking in Revelation 3, 11 through 12. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast that you, to what you have, that no one may take your crown." He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. So let's talk about areas in which we need greater faithfulness. This is the second point. Areas in which we need greater faithfulness. We need to be more faithful to God and to Christ. That's the first thing. We need to be more faithful to God and to Christ. 
in the way that we use our talents, as it is mentioned in the uh, Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. We need in the way we use our talents, which are our abilities and our opportunities. If you remember last week's message, we talked about goodness, which is being open-hearted and open-handed. This fits perfectly in this, we, in the way we use our talents, are we open-hearted and open-handed with our abilities and our opportunities? Too often people are like the one-talent man, bearing their talent with this greatly displeased the Lord. When he tells the parable of passing out ten talents, five talents, and one talent, and one man buried the talent that he was given in Matthew 25, 24 through 26. And uh, when, G when the master came back to see what had been done with that talent, the man dug it up, gave it to him, and cursed the man and gave that talent to the one who invested the ten and brought back a hundredfold. Well, like Moses at the burning bush, they made excuses. That's what he did. But every excuse man can divide, God can provide a way for us to be faithful. I want you to write that down. For every excuse you can provide, God for every excuse you can provide God, God can provide a way for you to be faithful. So you come up with all the excuses you want. God's going to answer every one of them with a way to be faithful. That's just practical. That's something you can teach your children or your grandchildren. Every excuse you make, just know that for every excuse, God has a way for you to be faithful. God has a way for you to be reliable, how to be trustworthy, how to exercise the virtue of reliability. We begin by being faithful in small things, as indicated by Jesus' comment in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Let's look and see what Jesus had to say. Luke 16, verse 10. It says right here, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. If we cannot be counted upon for small things, how can we be expected to cons be considered reliable when the going gets tough? As is mentioned in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. I want to go over there and look at that. Jeremiah is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Uh, I seem to relate to him for some strange reasons. And in verse 5 of chapter 12, Jeremiah says, If you have run with a footman, if you have... If you have run with a footman and they have wearied you, then how can you be content? How can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted they were wearying you, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? And so if you can run with a footman, a runner, and, it, and that wears you out, then how in the world can you think you can run with a horse? And that's the idea. You've got to start out small. You've got to start small. And so where's the first place you start? You start with trusting the Lord. You start by being faithful to God. You start by being faithful to God in Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. The question is, will you do it? Will you be faithful to Him? We need to be faithful, second of all, the church. Your faithfulness is to God in Christ first, and then your faithfulness to the church. The family of God always has need of people who are truly faithful, people that are reliable, trustworthy, 
and loyal, folks you can depend on, folks that are going to be with you thick and thin, folks that are going to run the risk of misunderstanding you and won't lash out, folks in which you will misunderstand and you will not lash out, you'll just bear with them. You will let your goodness, your open-hearted and open-handedness, your kindness um, speak to those situations where you're faithful to the relationship um, instead of anything else. Um, that as, as we have read earlier, I must tell you, truly is rare. It, it truly, 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 truly is rare. Who can truly find a faithful man? Uh, the lack of faithfulness to God's people can be seen in several ways. Let me, let me show you how that lack can be seen. And I don't mean this to be painful. I just mean for it to, uh, you know, for the purpose of sharing it with you because these are these are truths that, that I think anyone that thinks about these things would agree. Yeah, that's what faithlessness looks like. Uh, first of all, it's the forsaking of assembling of others. That's Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. I'll give you an example of this. We're, we have learned to do video messages like we're doing here because we're currently in the sixth or seventh month of a highly contagious uh, event that's going on in our community, in our nation, and indeed on this earth called uh, the coronavirus. It's very, very contagious. Uh, three people uh, that are in our church uh, were diagnosed with it as of the time of this, this uh, taping and just Moments ago, my wife was tested again for it, and uh, we have in our congregation 20 people that are quarantining. There might be some who would be willing to say we are forsaking the assembling of others, but I want to share with you a precept of Jesus. Jesus says that usually what we judge people how we judge people are the very things that we're guilty of ourselves. And it's been my experience that those who speak about this church forsaking the meeting are the very same people who miss church for an athletic event or who miss church for a, a drive through the country or miss church for every other reason. And, you know, that is, that's not faithfulness at all. That's a, uh, that's, that's being censorious. Uh, that's, that's being unfaithful. That's being adulterous to the cause of Jesus. And so the forsaking of assembling has to do when you choose to not assemble with the people of God because you have something in your calendar that's more important to that in that. And I'm not talking about an ox in the ditch. I'm talking about you have an opportunity to, when it is not your habit, to be at church, you continue to practice that habit to not be at church. And I have noticed in my experience that those who decry the forsaking of meeting at church are the ones who have more absences from church than more attendance at church. Those who tend to complain more and to lash out and to express their displeasure are those who attend less than those who do not forsake the assembling. That's just 20 years of experience. And I would tell you that I would imagine if you spoke to any pastor, he would be as bold to tell you the same truth as well. 
sometimes the truth just hurts. And as one elder once told me some time ago, if the shoe fits, wear it. And so the forsaking of the assembling of ourselves together, uh, the lack of participation in family life of the church, that is neglecting the opportunities to learn and to grow together in God's Word. Our church is a teaching church. We believe that the, that the pillar of the church is the Word of God. We believe convictionally that that is everything we do here. And consequently, we have many opportunities to teach, and yet we don't see everybody show up for teaching. And so the neglecting opportunities to learn and to grow together in God's Word, really the only conclusion I can come to that is somebody thinks they already know it all. Because uh, there's really no other reason. You know, the times are, the times are tough. The falling away has begun. The, 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 uh, the time of what seems to be a spiritual drought in our nation. The things that the New Testament writer said, these things must come, the falling away. I wouldn't be wanting to miss church when I have an opportunity to sit with someone who will teach them the Word of God in its nuances and, 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 and in between the lines of the meaning going beyond the English into what did the writer intend for us to learn, not just what the text says but what the text means. Uh, leaving it to others to carry out the work of the church or not concerned about the welfare of your brothers and sisters in Christ. I will tell you, those who are so concerned about the forsaking of assembling, yet they're not faithful to come, I, it has been an observation of mine as well. They are completely not concerned about the welfare of other people. They're concerned about themselves. Um, there was a great character once known as Narcissus, and Narcissus was totally concerned about himself and what he got and what he wanted. And it is from his name we get the word narcissism. And so everything has to do with what is to my own benefit, uh, the narcissist would say. So we cannot take such unfaithfulness lightly. I would not have said these things on camera and put myself out there to say these things and to be recorded in memoriam that I, that I have these biblical views about unfaithfulness unless I didn't take these things very heavily. We cannot afford to take these things lightly. We will be of little value to those who need us. Look at Proverbs chapter 25, verse 19. Proverbs 25, verse 19. Verse 19 says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. I can tell you, I'm not going to run to the people that I don't see on Sunday. I'm not going to run to the people I don't see on Wednesday night. I, I've watched many people in the course of, of ministry, as you have, fall away. They can give you any excuse under the sun. But I'm going to remember, I want you to remember something I showed you a moment ago. For every excuse you give, God can give you a reason to be faithful. So come up with all of them because God's just going to keep giving you reasons to be faithful. There, there is nothing wrong with doing what God commands. And, uh, and so we will be of little value to those who need us if we're not faithful. I have no value. There is no value in the help of someone who is not faithful to the Lord who is not faithful to God and who is not faithful to the church as far as my house and myself are concerned. 
we actually undermine the work of the Lord in Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18 verse 9, when we're not faithful, 18 verse 9 says right here, He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. And even Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, look there with me. In verse 30, Jesus Christ says, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. I could tell you, I could, I could step into the flesh real quick and go to town on that. The reality of it is what Jesus says He means, and He means what He said. And uh, so do you need to have more faithfulness to the church? I want you to ask yourself this question. If everyone was as faithful as I am, now the I am is you, okay? If everyone were as faithful as I am, what kind of church would this be? That's a pretty good question, isn't it? Why don't you write that down? If everyone is as faithful as I am to this church, what kind of church would this be? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Let me just read it again. If everyone is as faithful as I am, remember, you're asking yourself this question. If everyone is as faithful as I am, what kind of church would this be? It's not if everyone is faithful as Pastor James is. It's if everyone is as faithful as Truett, if everyone is as faithful as Kelly, if everyone is as faithful as George, if everyone is as faithful as Johnny. That's the deal. In your heart, you put your name in the I Am. If everyone is as faithful as I am, what kind of church would this be? I love that question. I think that's a question that has to be answered. I think that's where the rubber hits the road and the water hits the wheel. And so would anyone be here except for the Sunday morning worship? Uh, would there be any teachers for our children's classes? Uh, would the church be growing both numerically and spiritually? Uh, would the church even exist? Well, consider this example of faithfulness to the church. This is a story that you can get in Thailand. I went to Thailand on my first missionary church back in 2004. It is about a grandmother named Grandma Ta Bao. Ta Bao, T-A-W, new word B-O-W. Grandma Ta Bao, okay? She is a resident of Thailand. Uh, she does not impress strangers. Uh, she is small of stature, and she is bent over in age, and her hands and fingers are gnarled with arthritis. So she stands in her splendor, or the lack thereof, usually in the corner, of the home where she works very quietly. Her name translated into English, Ta Bao, in Thai means faithful. Excuse me, means always. It means always. Ta Bao, T-A-W, new word, B-O-W, means always. And Grandma Ta Bao, Grandma always, despite her unimpressive physical appearance, has inspired her missionary friends and Thai Christians all over by her faithfulness. She is a widow of over 90 years of age, 
and she lives as a servant in a Thai home. Every Sunday she walks two miles to church, and on out of her income of five cents a day, she gives one day's wages to the church. When her missionary friends drive her home from church services, she gets out, she bows her head in audible prayer for the missionaries and the work of Christ in Thailand. One missionary has, says, the thought of grandma always, faithfulness always humbles and deepens us. It always humbles and deepens us. She is always faithful. Grandma Taubau. Could that be said of us? Always faithful. Faithful to Christ, faithful to God, faithful to the church. We need to be more faithful to our families. If we want to increase in our faithfulness, not only to God and Christ and the church, but we need to be faithful to our families. Fathers need to be faithful in fulfilling their spiritual roles, as it says in Ephesians 6.4. Mothers need to be faithful in fulfilling their family responsibilities, as is mentioned in Titus 2.3-5. And of course, husbands and wives need to be faithful to one another in their respective duties in Ephesians 5.22-23. Children also have need to be faithful to their parents, as is mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6.1-3. Do our families deserve faithful spouses, parents, and children? The answer is yes, they do. And it is incumbent upon us to be faithful spouses, faithful parents, faithful children to our parents. And finally, and finally, and this may surprise you coming from me, we need to be more faithful to ourselves. We need to be faith, more faithful to ourselves. Shakespeare once described a man, he wears his faith as the fashion of his hat. That, that makes me think of those who get upset about church things. He wears his faith as the fashion of a hat. Too often some Christians are like that. If it is fashionable to be faithful Christian, then they are. If it's not, then they're not. Those who are always, those who are this way are only committing spiritual suicide and manslaughter. They're really not hurting anyone else as much as they're hurting themselves. That is, they're harming themselves and they are harming those who count and rely upon them. But those who are faithful to themselves as well as to God will preserve, will be preserved by the Lord. For the Bible says, for the Lord preserves the faithful. That's Psalm 31, 23. Write that down. The Lord preserves the faithful. Psalm 31 through 23. Excuse me, Psalm 31, verse 23. And blessed by the Lord, a faithful man will abound with blessing. That's Proverbs 28, verse 20. Proverbs 28, verse 20. Do we owe it to ourselves then to be faithful? Or are we going to wear faithfulness as the fashion of our hat? So in conclusion, pistos is indeed a great word. It describes the man on whose faithful service we may rely. 
on whose loyalty we may depend, whose word we can unreservedly expect. I will tell you this, as a pastor of a small congregation, I learned long ago, God never called me to success. God called me to be faithful. And it is truly my desire that, that like you, as a Christian, I am one like you to whom others can rely, who their loyalty can depend upon, and whom we can unreservedly accept. It describes the man in whom there is an unswerving and inflexible fidelity of Jesus Christ and an utter dependability upon God. That's what it means to be faithful. Yes, the one who is being led by the Spirit of God to produce the fruit of the Spirit will follow in the footsteps of God and the Savior He serves. Those footsteps include the virtue of faithfulness. That is, as we've already defined it, the virtue of reliability. Will you not strive to be faithful in your service to God, to the church, to your family, and even to yourself? Work up within you, I pray, this virtue of reliability and be therefore faithful. Let us pray. God, thank You for the Word. Thank You for this truth. Thank You for this teaching. We ask Almighty God that we would take the lesson that we've learned in this time and You would strengthen us with faithfulness, that we would put our hands to the plow and sow faithfulness in our lives to, the, to, to You and our service, to the church, to the family, and to ourselves. That all of these things may genuinely be acts of worship towards You and reap the harvest. And, and Lord, expand Your kingdom. We ask, Father, that You would work within us. We, we, we ask with all of our heart that we may observe the virtue of reliability, not only to You, but to those whom we love. We ask all of these things for the glorious name and person, Jesus Christ, in whom we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.